Hello guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living that life of freedom, that life of rest and expansion in Christ Jesus. Happy Sunday. I hope you guys have had a fantastic week and the beginning of a new week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Look, I have a word from the Lord today, and it's going to be really quick and really simple, but it's very powerful and impactful. So today, as you can see from the thumbnail, we're going to be talking about, and I think this is really important for the days to come, how to minister the gospel to a dying world, how to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in the most simplistic way. God is not complicated. In fact, the more complicated and spooky and deep it is, the more it's not God. God is word is designed to where even a child could understand so God wants us to minister and to pretty much put himself in us so that we can put him on others you've heard me say this before and I'm saying it again we are the eyes we are the ears the hands the mouth we are the temple of the Holy Ghost we may be the only Jesus someone someone will ever meet or see so I'm going to begin today to provide a few points here of how to minister. And the reason why I think uh, God is and the Holy Spirit is going in this direction is because of the billion soul harvest. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so I think a lot of times when we think about sharing our story or sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people, we think it has to be this this whole thing and this awkward thing and, you know, all of this stuff that the enemy puts in our minds, he puts in our heads um, so that we won't minister, so that we can walk in fear. But we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and of a sound mind. But it's some key facts and some key points that the Holy Spirit wants us to hone in on regarding this, because he doesn't want us to miss an opportunity or a divine assignment that he has highlighted some people or some circumstances to you so that you can minister the gospel and you know i asked this question of to god a long time ago in the beginning of my walk i had a lot of questions and i still have a lot of questions lord if you know people are not going to come to you then why even bother for first and foremost it's because of the love of god love always gives you a choice it wouldn't be love if he never presented himself to you, if he never um, invited you, if he never reached out to pull you or draw you to him. Love always gives you a choice. Now, you can either reject it or accept it, but the choice is still yours. Anytime you're in a relationship, in an earthly relationship, we even see this. We don't want to be with nobody that makes us do anything. We want people to be with us because they want to be. And then we don't want people to be with us because there's any kind of constraints, because there's any kind of, because it's forced, right? We, what the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there is freedom, there is expansion. You should not feel like you have to be in eggshells when you're in a relationship with someone. So what God does is he gives us freedom to choose and love gives you a choice because it's not forced, it's not controlled, and it's not manipulated. That would make God a witch. He always gives us the free will. And I did a sermon on that. It's called the power of free will. You should go back and look at that. In fact, I implore you to go back and look at all the videos if you haven't seen any of them. 
because these are some powerful yet simplistic words that can set you free from religion, set you free from traditions of men, set us free to be able to move in him and flow and have our being. When we're moving and we're flowing in the things of God, there's no constraints. The Holy Spirit flows. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God moves in sync and in rhythm with us, but he needs a yes. So he wants us to deliver the gospel, but get this, here's some pertinent key facts that the Holy Spirit wants us to know when we're delivering the message of the good news of the gospel. <clears throat> and then we also need to know as people, we tend to follow you know, certain leaders and certain people and certain ministries and all this. But the Holy Spirit also said to me, never allow anyone to be your model for Christianity that trumps Jesus. Man is flawed. The model for Christianity, the person that you look to, the author, the finisher of your faith is Jesus. He's your model. He's your example. He's the one you follow. Paul says to Timothy, follow me as I follow Christ. And the minute that person stopped following Christ, you no longer want to follow them. Because just because someone is following Christ today doesn't mean they're following Christ in the future or next year. People are in and out in seasons in their life. So we have to be led by the Holy Spirit and following people as they follow Christ. And when that fruit of the Spirit is no longer exemplified, we want to turn and continue to follow but God wants us to hone in on letting Christ be your model because see when you attach to people places and things and I wasn't even planning on going here this is not even in my notes when we attach to people places and things that when that thing falls or when they when they make a mistake we tend to throw the baby out with the bath water we tend to say, oh, we're not following God because ain't none of these preachers real. Ain't none of these people really following God. See, they doing this. See, they doing that. But I'm here today to set the record straight. They shouldn't have never been your model for Christianity to begin with. Jesus is our example and never let anyone else trump that. I don't care what the title is. I don't care how connected you are. Let Jesus always be your example. That way, if man fail you, you know God will never fail you. So God says, here are some key facts and some key pointers that he wanted to highlight today to uh, help us to minister to a dying world because you will in the coming times and even right now and even in times past, you will be put in the path of ones that God has highlighted to you to speak or minister the gospel to. And the Bible says we need to study to show thyself approve a workman need not ashamed. So we need to know the word of God. And that only comes from reading the word of God. You show me a person that, that has a God but has no word, I'll show you witchcraft. You show me a person um, that has uh, the word but has no love, you're just a clanging symbol. The Bible says with loving kindness do I draw thee. And it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, not fear. We are to fear the Lord in a reverential awe and respect for the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And I did a teaching on that, the fear of the Lord. We, that's a different type of fear. But at this, at this, at the end of the day, the, here are some key pointers. So the first thing that God told me was the first thing we need is that secret place. We need the secret place. Psalms 91, get it, read it, put it in your spirit, ingrain it in your brain, meditate on it. 
Because I'm telling you in times to come, that is the ultimate scripture of protection for you and your family. That is also the, the, um, the way God tells us about abiding in his shelter. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. We, there's a dwelling, there's a continual thing that we need to do. However, the Holy Spirit leads you with your relationship with Christ, that's on you. Every day, every, whatever it is, but it should be consistent and it should be genuine and coming from a real place. So the Bible says he that dwells in the secret place. So the secret place with God in Psalms 91 is a dwelling. Because get this, God says, because this is what the Holy Spirit tells me. And then I write it down. Dwelling, not because it's a chore, but because it's a joy and a necessity. It's a privilege and honor to abide with God. We need it to thrive, not just survive. He said, don't dwell because it's a chore. The things of God was never meant to be a burden. God is a joy in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. If you ever feel like you're pressured or you're burdened, oh man, I got to pray. I got to do this. I got to say this for five minutes. I got to do this for an hour. I got to, I'm not going to have time to do this. And it becomes a burden. You need to stop. You need to stop. We need to stop. We need to reevaluate why we're really doing it. Because I had to learn that coming into the presence of God is an awesome privilege. Some people are hiding underground in other countries because they're not even able to openly display their faith. Not to mention, if it feels like that, then that means that there's something on the inside of us that needs to be checked, that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be cast out. Because anything that's anti-God is Satan. So if there's no joy, is there is there's no, you know, you want to get into, you know, your secret place and you want to just bask in his presence and you want to just read the word ask god to pray and ask god to give you a thirst and hunger for righteousness we can't even do that on our own <laughs> so i pray for a thirst and hunger of righteousness and the bible says that those that thirst and hunger for righteousness shall be filled and you will have a desire and a yearning for his presence and everything that is hindered let me just say this when we come to god we first need to know that he is the bible says and how do we know that he is by humbling ourselves and, and knowing that, Lord, I need to forget everything that I think I know, forgive, forget everything that that is exalting itself above the knowledge of God. And I need to come out of sometimes we need to break this stuff off of us. I'm serious because sometimes there's a spirit that is at play here. There's a hindrance, there's a delay, there's a spirit that is trying to hinder you from coming into the presence of God because the more you are in his presence, the more revelation you receive, the more downloads, the closer you get to him. And so what the enemy likes to do is he likes to, to, to put in your mind that it's a chore, it's this and it's that. And so a lot of times, if I feel that resistance, I say, Lord, I come out of agreement with any covenant or altar that I have made with the enemy knowingly and unknowingly. I reject it, I renounce it, and I come out of agreement with it. And I come into alignment and agreement with heaven, with your spirit. Sometimes you just have to renounce stuff because sometimes we come into secret covenants and blind agreements with witchcraft and with the enemy. And we have no idea that that is hindering us from our walk with God. We can't. A lot of people come into agreement. God has shown me this with the spirit of religion that we have grown up with. 
that keeps us from the experiencing the presence and the power of God. It's a routine. It's a tradition. It's the same prayer. It's the same church service. It's the same lifestyle. That's religion. It keeps you from the presence of God. Why? Because God is holy. His spirit is holy. And what you respect comes towards you. Come towards you. What you reject goes away from you. So when you respect the presence of God, meaning through your eye gate, through your ear gate, what you watch, what you listen to, the people you hang around, the things that you do, when you respect that presence, it comes towards you and you feel him stronger. So the first things first, the Bible says, get wisdom. For wisdom, the Bible says in Proverbs, is the principal thing. Proverbs 4. First things first, you need to get the wisdom of God. Pray for God to give you wisdom and discernment and to know the enemy even in his subtlest forms. Let me keep going. So dwelling not because it's a chore, but because it's a joy and it's a necessity. We need him to breathe. We need him to think. Our judgment is off when we don't spend time with him. Our decisions are skewed. And I'm going somewhere because this is what leads so many Christians into deception. And I'm going to, Holy Spirit, yoga, horoscopes, Freemasonry, Eastern stars, secret societies, sororities, fraternities. It's all work of the flesh and it's witchcraft. You will find yourself into these things because you're not spending time with God and you're not opening up the word. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. The power thereof is to break the power of sin from over your life. It's to help you to move in him and move and have your being. Not anything we can do on our own, but again, what you respect comes towards you. What you disrespect goes away from you. A lot of you disrespect the temple of the living God, the spirit on the inside of you by cussing. You disrespect God by slandering or bringing your brother or sister down. You disrespect God in so many ways because you have to remember everybody that you lay eyes on matter to God, what, no matter what you think about them. That's why the Bible says, bless those that curse you. There's a reason God says to do this. I'm going to keep going because this wasn't in my notes, but I'm going to keep going. Number two, he says, your lifestyle ministers. It's the most powerful sermon on earth that you will ever preach. Your lifestyle is ministering to people around you. You may not ever say one word to that person about Christ, but your lifestyle is showing them the God in you. And that is the most powerful sermon. Your words is just words, but your lifestyle and your actions is what's showing people who you really follow. Character is who you are when nobody's looking, baby. When you think all the lights are off and people ain't looking and what you do, that's who you really are. And I ain't talking about them people that are recluse and that are standoffish. That's not what I'm saying. And they sitting on their balcony looking out straight ahead and ain't interacting with nobody because God has never called us to just interact with nothing. He's always called us to other people to minister. And that's whatever, whatever purpose and plan he has for your life on whatever scale. It could be work. It could be you going to the grocery store. It could be you uh, through your family, you, through your friends or whatever. But it's always for someone else. God puts him in us so that we can put him on others. But guess what? If your lifestyle does not reflect that positivity and that fruit of God's spirit, 
then the people, your credibility is shot. And that's why it's hard to minister to the world when you look like the world, when you sound like the world, when you act like the world. I'm going somewhere. So your lifestyle ministers, it's the most powerful sermon he said you will ever preach. It's the fruit of God's spirit, he said in Galatians 5. Not religion, he says. Not traditions of men. God says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. With love and kindness, he says, do I draw people? That's why it must be his fruit. He said you can have the right words, but the wrong motive, heart, and your delivery and timing can be, and it's, it's paramount, but it can be way off. You can have the right words to say, but the wrong motive, which is why you're saying it. You see this in the Bible when the slave girl in the in the book of Acts was saying, oh, you men are uh, uh, the most high, uh, serve the most high God. Uh, you come to bring the gospel. You come to bring this. She was a, a witch operating in the spirit of divination. She was talking to Paul and um, I think to Peter or to Paul and they were walking past and she said, oh, these in, these men are the most high God. They come to bring the way of salvation. They come. She was saying the right things, but she had the wrong spirit behind her. This is why he turned around and he cast the spirit of divination out of her. And that's when they got thrown in jail because she was no longer, she was like a psychic making people money in that town. And so they got thrown in jail because once he cast the spirit out, she wasn't able to make them no more money. So I'm saying this to say that God is saying you can have the right words, but your delivery and timing can be off. This is why the Bible says those that are led by the spirit of God are called the sons of God. You have to be led. Everybody is not your assignment. Let me keep going. Number three, he says, God's grace empowers you to minister. It's the powerment that comes on you to minister to people. Everybody is not your assignment. And then the and then uh, Holy Spirit said to me, he said, go where the spirit leads you and not obligation. Obligation will have you to miss God. If I had felt obligated to stay in Atlanta because of family, then I would have missed God. My allegiance has to be to God first and foremost when I'm in ministry and when I'm following Jesus. This is why Jesus has to be my model for Christianity, not man. Because man would tell me, oh, yo, your grandkids are here or this, this and this is going on. You need to stay. You need the emotional part of me would have tried to stay. But the spirit led me. So I have to go what God says because my life was created to worship him. Hmm. My allegiance is to him. But see, if I seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. So I'm not worried about the rest. God will take care of that. I have to lay my life down. I heard this minister say, he said the day he gave his life to God, that's the day he died. But see, we want to hold on to people, places, and things, emotions, relationships. And we, we're, we're pretty much, God says that those that love their family, their mothers, their fathers more than me is not worthy of me. This is, this is not in my notes. So go where the spirit leads you and not obligation, where, where your assignment is and who God speaks to you, who God leads to you. Everybody's situation is not your assignment. Everybody you walk past on the street is not meant for you, a homeless person, not meant for you to give a dollar or a sandwich to. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching today. We're led by the spirit of the Lord. 
Pray and ask the God, the Holy Spirit to give you, this is number four, pray and ask God, the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom of God and knowledge and understanding of how to minister to that individual. I pray and ask God to give me the tongue of the learned, the Bible says, so that I'll know how to speak a word in season to those that are weary. There's a way God would give you to get in. It's not all the time for you to say something all the time or for you to have something to say all the time because you feel like you need to be saying something. Sometimes God will let you sit for a, a months or years and walk with people before he gives you a word to even give them. But in the meantime, in between time, your lifestyle is ministering to them. I had this happen years ago when I kind of first got saved back in 2000. I was on my journey, my path, my new walk with God as a receptionist and I would have my Bible at the front desk and a lot of people would come up there and talk to me, talk to me and just, you know, conversate, you know. And I was up there and so I got in a relationship, you know, with a lot of people that, that worked at the company. And I remember this one girl she was a the manager of a pay of the payroll department and she she uh seen my lifestyle seen my walk and she called me because she uh was crying on the phone and she wanted to commit suicide because she was going through a hard time with a guy and she said that she could not even though they call themselves christians with the people that she worked with in accounting she could not talk to them because they talking about they know jesus and they doing the same thing that i do they live the same way I live. And you was the only one that I could know I could call that I would probably get a right answer from. Your lifestyle is the most powerful sermon you will ever preach. I don't care what you say. I don't care. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's the fruit. The Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit, not by what they say. So go where the spirit leads you and not obligation. So pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom of God and understanding and gives you direction. Ask God to give you direction. He knows the people and what they need and at that particular time in their life. He's the revealer of secrets and the hearts of people. God can give you one word to destroy 30 years of captivity over somebody's life. That Holy Spirit is good like that. He's powerful like that. We think sometimes ministry or ministering to people have to be this long drawn out thing. One word from the Lord can destroy 30 years of captivity, can break the power of the oppressor from over somebody's life. One word, one word. Let the God lead you and guide you in all truth. It's all about Jesus. And let me just say this, when we testify, we're only testifying to Jesus. The Holy Spirit only testifies to Jesus. He don't testify about anything else. It's not about us. Number five, stay genuine and authentic to who God created you to be, to tell you how, um, how, how God created you as an individual. We're not copycats of other people's ministries, of other people's mannerisms, of, of other people's, uh, the way they minister. God created you for his personal pleasure. No two people have the same fingerprint. In fact, none of us are the same. If two people are the same, then one of us is not necessary. <laughs> no matter, even twins are not the same. They don't even have the same fingerprint. God will always give you a unique ministry the way he created your personality and the way he wants you to be. We don't have to look and act like everybody else. You were born the original, don't die a copy. God wants you, that's who he created, is you. 
your personality and the gifts that he has given you. Your gift may not be my gift. My gift may not be your gift. Although there are some similarities in the way people will minister, know that no two people are never the same, no matter what people say. They're never the same. Even twins don't have the same finger, fingerprint, as I just said. So stay genuine and authentic to who God created you to be. And so, and the most important thing is just to share your story. Share how God has set you free, right? And, and, and testify about Jesus. Keep the attention and the focus on Jesus. I'm not saying you can't be, I talk about normal things and life and things of that nature. That's not what I mean when I say that. I mean, Jesus is the only answer for this dying world. We're not the answer. We can't play the part of the Holy Spirit. We can't rescue everybody. The Holy Spirit is the only one that has the power to break the, 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 the yoke from off of people. We can't save a fly. We can't fight flies out of our face. We don't have it in us. Keep Jesus the main focus. Anytime you show me a false prophet, I'm going to show you somebody who has turned the attention on them. The, a false prophet would always lead you away from God, not towards God. So we, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. But he's got to be lifted up, not the circumstance, not the people. Because God's power is the only thing that can change someone's life. We can't change it. We can't talk them out of anything. We can't. Uh, give them money to help them because we might be enabling what God is trying to work out of them. We have to be led. If God is leading you to help someone in that way, then awesome. We have shown the love of God by giving. But if he's leaving you just to, leading you just to give a word, then just give the word. Don't add nothing to it and don't take nothing from it. I have learned that over the years when I'm ministering to people. Keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. So that's number five. And, and number six, it says, there, uh, he says, there is coming a time where all you have learned and know will be tested and needed for the billion soul harvest. There are souls that are coming, coming, coming because of what's coming on earth. And we have to be in a position. We can't get ready when something hits. When a pandemic hits, when something slaps us down or sickness, disease, or somebody dies, we have to already be in the secret place, abiding under the shadow of the almighty, operating and flowing and moving in him and having our being. So there is coming a time, he says, where you will, what you, he's, he's teaching you in secret will be needed for the billion soul harvest. Number seven, he says, pray and ask God to always give you wisdom, a tongue of the learned. I spoke that, that you will know how to speak a word in season to those that are weary, to who he assigns you to, and those that happen to cross your path. God is good like that. He has put me at the right places at the right time. And, but I had to understand that everybody is not my assignment. Now, only way I'm going to know that is by the wisdom of God. Wisdom helps you to, dis to discern the difference. And then he says, pray for a thirst and hunger for righteousness that you are filled. You have to pray and ask God to put this in you, to give it to you. You can't conjure this stuff up on your own. The Bible says he's divine with the branches and apart from him, we can do nothing. Pray for angelic assistance and protection as well. He said, ask God to be your rear guard. 
also to send you help according to Psalms 20. Get that in your spirit. Psalms 20, where he sent it, where he's going to send help from the sanctuary, from the heaven. Ask him to show you evil, even in the subtlest form, that you are not deceived. Some workers, this, listen to this, this is powerful. Some workers of darkness know scripture and are very advanced and sophisticated with their approach. Some workers of darkness, they know the scripture. The Bible calls this, it's a spirit of another Jesus in the New Testament. This is what the Bible says it's called. They saying Jesus, but it's not the Jesus you think they talking about. Everybody who said, Lord, Lord, is not of God. The Holy Spirit will help you discern. And if you get a check in your spirit, he may not tell you why something is off. Just know that God never lies and that he's, he protects his. So it's a spirit of another Jesus they teach. Ask God to show you people by the spirit and their intent towards you. And the Bible says for you to guard your heart, your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it is the issues of life, the Bible says in Proverbs. Be careful what you entertain and what you let in. Some people have been inducted in blind witchcraft, watching, what is that, the Black Panther? Rituals and the Grammys, when they do rituals. You have to understand and know the enemy is very cunning and crafty. But guess what? The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, which lets me know that you perish because of your ignorance. You might say, well, well, I didn't know. Well, God says it's, it's, it's for you to press in and to get with him to find out what it is that you don't know or to get with him so that he can give you a spirit of discernment. The more of the world we get off of us, the more of Christ is going to exude in us what you feed grows where the focus goes the anointing flows baby what you feed grows you feed negativity you feed slander you feed gossip it grows you feed christ in you you feed yourself on the word of god the discernment is sharpened and it's heightened that's how it works that's that bible is your blueprint it was never designed for us to make it out of here and back into eternity without that blueprint it's not designed. We can't, it's no other way around it, baby. It's no other way around it. I had to learn that. So, so, I, so I'm not saying this to you guys. I'm saying, I'm speaking from personal experience. It's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. And that's more than confession of your mouth. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And when it's in your heart, then you will see the fruit of the Spirit. Be careful what you entertain, he says, and let in. Then be proactive on the offense, he says. Pray against the wicked schemes and plots and plans of the enemy. Bind the witchcraft and deception. You have to know how to pray. You cannot defeat a supernatural devil with carnality, with worldly things, with get out of my face. That's not going to beat a supernatural devil. You need supernatural gifts. That's gifts of the spirit. This is why if the church is not moving in those things, you need to run. It was never designed. God is the one who defeats the enemy. But unless you have the God on the inside of you, you're not going to defeat the enemy. Jesus blood paid the price. Yes, it did. But you need your weapons of war sharpened. 
just like military. Look at the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness like a military. Everything is in order. You have archangels, you have seraphims, you have cherubims, you have a different rankings of angels. You have different rankings of demons. You better know that in the spirit realm, you have different weapons of war. The word of God is a weapon of war. Skilled in your weapons of war is the word of God. But if you have no word in you, you have no fight in you. Fasting, prayer, those are weapons of war. Putting on the full armor of God that you may uh, quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Fiery darts are a real thing in the spirit realm. If you can see people in the spirit, they got arrows going through them because they have not been praying. They don't know God. So you see the, the arrow of rejection, the arrow of rebellion, the arrow of witchcraft, the arrow, all these arrows in them. When the Bible says to quench every fiery dart, it means just that. Those are arrows in, from the kingdom of darkness that is ailing and plaguing God's people. But if you know nothing, you can do nothing. That's why the Bible says, are my people perish for lack of knowledge? Which means there is a, there is a, uh, a consequence to ignorance. The operative word is perish. Hear me by the spirit of the Lord. Then he says, just be proactive. He said, pray against the schemes and the plots of the enemy. Bind the witchcraft and deception, the false doctrine, the confusion, the discord, the serpents, the scorpions, the bears, come on, the crocodiles, the squids. These are the demons in the spirit. The octopus, which is the, the spirit of mind control. It controls the mind. Come against viruses, bacterial infections, he says, diseases, uh, infirmities, COVIDs. He said, if it has a name, he said, call it out. It has to bow to the name of Jesus. If it has the name, it has to bow. Know your authority in the spirit. Walk in it with full conviction. The enemy knows those that are ignorant of the of the word of God. He knows those that don't know their authority. He knows those that listen to him. How do he know that? Because when he tells you to do something that is not of God, you do it. If he said, go cuss this person out and you go over there and do it, he knows you're listening to him. That's how he knows. It's not because he's omnipresent like Jesus. He's not omnipresent. But if he, he whispers something in your ear and tell you to do it and you do it, then you know he, he know you're listening. It's, it's so simple, guys. This is why I say God's word is very simplistic. Pay attention to when you're reading the word of God. Ask God to give you a revelation of the gospel. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and your heart to what you're reading. This The Bible can only be discerned through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through a carnal eyes. Jesus, do not allow serving the Lord Jesus to be a burden, he says, but allow it to be a joy. So do that by being led, not by the works or by your actions, he said, or by religion or the spirit or perfectionism, he said. Don't allow those things to get in. Nobody's perfect. Jesus is the only perfect one. This is why he had to die the perfect, he was the perfect sacrifice. That's the gospel. That's what you minister. Jesus, there's a penalty for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There is a penalty for sin. And that's why Jesus had to pay it all with the blood. 
because he was the only perfect sacrifice that could have even happened. It had to happen. But guess what? If you reject him, you reject the free gift. So he says, that's the way you minister. Just tell your story. Be, sim be simplistic about it. Be led by the spirit of God. Don't be led by obligation. Don't be led by fear. No spirits can't jump on you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Know your authority. Walk in it with conviction and humility. Knowing that it is not you that's doing it. It's God that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing it. It's not us. And this is how you stay humble. Because Bible says that those that are humble will be exalted. But those that are in pride will, will fall. The Bible says that pride comes before destruction. So that is the word for today, guys. That is the word of the Lord. I pray that you guys are blessed. If you are in need of <clears throat> prayer, um, I pray, you know, right now, like God's blessing over your life. I pray that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you will be dismissed as a liar. I bind every spirit of witchcraft, every spirit of divination. I take authority over every wicked scheme and plan and plot the enemy has launched against you or your family. Lord, release your fire as a wall of protection over your people. For you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. If it's a fear, it's a spirit, God says. It's not of him. Anxiety, worry, all of those things are not of God. So just stay in step and in tune and in sync Pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth. It's not by works lest any man should boast. We're nothing without God. We're absolutely nothing without Jesus. Hear me when I say this. This is not about perfectionism. It's not about knowing it all. This is not about doing it all. We are all flawed. We're all in need of his grace and of the blood of Jesus. But it is about progress, baby. It is about forward moving. The Bible says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. That means we should be advancing, not retreating, not still stuck in delay and trapped in a, a holding pattern where our lives have not changed. It is about forward moving. The kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. You have God. The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? You have to come against those things, those ailments, sicknesses, diseases, infirmities. You have to take authority over that. Get this. You're in a fight anyway, whether you like it or not. Whether you know God or don't know God. The enemy, is he hates anything that God has created. So he's, he wants to take us out. So that's why it's, it, it, it behooves you not to fight. You need to fight the good fight of faith. The angels of the Lord encamps around those that fear God. You want that angelic presence. Fear God. Hate evil. Love what God loves and hate what God hates. It's just that simple. My opinion, I was just ministering to somebody, guys, speaking of ministry. Ministering to this guy, and I said to him, he was like, I used to feel this way and this way about abortion and about the, the, the laws and all this type of stuff. And now I've realized if somebody get raped, they shouldn't have that baby or this should happen, this shouldn't happen, blah, 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 blah. And people should have the right to choose. And he looked at me and he waited on my response. And you know what my response was? I told him, I said, my opinion doesn't matter. How I feel about something, I, that's it. 
It doesn't matter. What does the word of God say? Now he called himself a Christian, right? What does the word of God says? I used to feel the same way. Uh, people should have the right to choose. They, and we do. To, we do. But I want to choose life. I love what God loves and I hate what God hates. God loves us immensely, but he hates the sin. And that's where people get the lines blurred. Go, oh, God loves me. Oh, he like he does, but he hates the sin and he will never reckon with that spirit. He would never agree with that. No matter how much he loves us. He's God. He's holy. He put this Bible in place. He will not go. He won't go back on his word. It will not return void. So whatever he say about sin, that's what he means. And I'm speaking by the spirit of the Lord. Because I had to learn this. I had to learn. I, I had to get a better understanding of grace and favor. And how God's ways really is. Because see that love will lead you to hell. That skewed vi uh, uh, version of who God really is will lead you to hell. Unforgiveness in your heart, it leads you to hell. Sin God will not compromise his truth for the sake of just bringing you in the pearly gates, baby. Because he said if Jesus died and that blood was enough, then you have crucified the flesh. That's how it works. And those that love me keep my commandments. I'm going somewhere. Because a lot of times, even with myself, it's like all these ideologies, all these things that we learn growing up, religion has made the word of God of no effect. The power to break it and to break you from the, the oppressor's hand, which is the enemy. There is order and structure in the kingdom of darkness and there's order and structure in the kingdom of heaven, baby. You better learn your authority. Your identity is wrapped up in Christ. We can't defeat a supernatural devil with worldly things, with worldly thinking. We have to allow God's fruit, his spirit, his power to eradicate hell, to assassinate and annihilate every spirit that will try to oppose you. I decree and declare that today. Just, just say, Lord, take my life and do something with it. If what this lady is saying is really true, Father, show me. Show me truth. You don't have to believe everything everybody says. Take it back to the Father in prayer and ask him to show you if who's talking to you is of him. And and if there is and if they is pay attention to your dreams, pay attention to the signs, pay attention to the people he put in your path to speak, because the Bible says his word is established amongst two or three witnesses. God will never leave you nor forsake you if you truly have a heart to know him. He said those that search for me will find me when they search for me with their whole heart, not that half hearted stuff, one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. So I'm saying this today because I've had to live what I speak and what I preach, baby. It has not been easy. It doesn't mean I don't have opposition. It doesn't mean the enemy doesn't try. It means that I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And it's by his power and his spirit that I'm able to go forth. It has nothing to do with my own ability. But it has everything to do with a God that loves me. I know that I'm loved perfectly with a perfect love. The Bible says... The perfect love of God casts out all fear. And this is why we walk in confusion and fear and torment because we don't even know the love of God. Once you know you are loved perfectly, you know he got your back and your front, baby. Once you know if God before you who can be against you and the spirit realm is real and you really can cast down the, the enemy, 
once you really walk in that, then you then you walk in a different way. And you walk in humility, you walk in repentance, you walk in forgiveness, and you walk in love. For without love, we have nothing. So if we're ministering to people from a shaking your finger standpoint, from a telling them the right and wrongs and all of that, that's not of God. We need to minister for love. So we ask God to put the love in our hearts to help us to see people the way he see them, to treat people the way he treat people, to help us to see it from his perspective. Because from the worldly perspective, it's like the world has gone to hell in a handbasket. But we have to walk in love and the fruit of his spirit by his power and his glory and this and this is going to be it guys i'm going to close off here but thank you so much for tuning in if you are not a born again believer i would say lord ask the lord to come into your heart and to change your life and he'll do just that but you, he have to have a sincere yes and then allow the holy spirit to begin to break down all those mindsets and ideologies and all those things that we brought in as a result of being in the world and he'll begin, the Holy Spirit is gentle. He'll do it day by day. This is not a one size fit all. This is not a, a, a thing that we get in one day. This is a daily walk. The Bible says day by day, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is a day by day thing. Uh, we learn and grow each day. We don't, we haven't arrived. We, we never arrive. Every day we're being, you know, tested we're being uh walking with jesus it's a learning experience but the holy spirit is gentle but he needs a yes this is it guys i'm gonna chime out right here i just wanted to let you know that god is with you who can be against you and the perfect love of god he cast out all fear and until the next time like comment share and subscribe i will see you in the next video and if you want to listen to this on podcast i'm on all major podcast platforms Spotify, Apple, you name it, Stitch, I'm on all of them. So if you just want to listen to the word and not watch it, that's fine too. But until the next time, guys, I love you with the love of God. And I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.